Whether you're new to the Wiregrass area or you've been here your whole life, you're going to learn something new about the community. Hey, this is Bethany B, and this is episode 42 of Welcome to the Wiregrass. Joining me today is Laura with Wiregrass Museum of Art. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hey, Bethany. Thanks for having me on again. I think this is my second time on Welcome to the Wiregrass. It is. You were here a while ago. It was had it been last year. I don't know. I can't remember exactly when, but it's been a long time. I think it was. I think it was last year. It was right before our annual yard party for art, which I know we're going to talk about a little later in a modified form. But I think that's why I came on. So thanks. <laughs> Thank you again for having me on. Of course. And some things have changed since you were here last, meaning the pandemic. How has the pandemic affected the museum? Yeah, so I'm the I'm the communications manager at the Wiregrass Museum of Art. And uh, hopefully all of your listeners are familiar with us. And if not, we'd love for you to become so. So just like everyone else, we're affected dramatically by the pandemic and the shutdown. The museum closed to the public on March 17th, and then we reopened to the public with modifications on June 17th. So we were closed for three months, and um, that was particularly hard for the museum, hard for any cultural institution or business or school. We all felt the impact of, of this pandemic and just trying to stay safe particularly hard for WMA in that we're a gathering place. You know, we're a place where people come, they, they have a quiet moment in the galleries, they, they recharge, they get inspired by looking at art, or they come to one of our crowded events, an art opening or screen on the green or a class or workshop, and all of a sudden that ended for us. I don't want to say we had an identity crisis because we're still the same museum we used to be, but we had to think of new ways to connect connected with our audience and to support our artists, which is one of our main missions. And so we just had to do a lot of quick thinking on our feet. We uh, expanded our digital content. We've always shared art through our social media channels and on our website, of course. But one thing in particular we did was we started a daily art break for parents who were at home with their kids or just parents who needed, you know, an art break themselves. And so we, our education department designed activities that could be done with things found around the house, creating a work of art out of found objects from the yard or even your laundry, paper plates, crayons, markers, paper, anything that you had, popsicle sticks. We tried to give people things to do and especially parents who were at home and suddenly homeschooling their kids way to, to be creative and have some, some creative downtime, which I think for a lot of people was really wonderful in a way, for a while. And I know it's been a long and arduous road for, yes. for many. Anyway, I, I think what we've taken out of all of this is that we're still the same museum that we always were. We're supporting artists. We're connecting with our community. But we're finding new ways to do that. And, and in a way, reaching a wider audience through our digital offerings, which we still continue, even though we are, uh, like I said, open to the public again. 2020 is becoming, well, in general, is becoming more digital anyways with all the electronics and technology we have too. Definitely. I think everyone is learning what they can do from home. There was a great hashtag and still going on hashtag museum from home. And I know museums and other cultural institutions, again, we're just finding ways for their followers and their fans to stay connected with the art, even though they couldn't come and see it in person. And some museums have started to open up again. But yeah, I think we're finding new platforms and new ways 
to express our our creativity. It's been a very interesting time, that's for sure. Everyone's (laughs) experienced it in their own unique way. You're going to have the opening of the virtual exhibition B20 Wiregrass Biennial. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we've actually had one exhibition open at the museum since we've reopened photography by a local photographer named Sean Crutchfield. So you can go see that. And we have extended an exhibition by Beverly West Leach. Her exhibition was to have closed this summer, but it's extended through the end of the year. But B20, and I mentioned those because I want to come back to our, our app, but we're about to launch B20 Wiregrass Biennial. And as the name implies, this is something that happens every two years, a biennial, and it happens in even-numbered years at the museum. And this was to be a traditional biennial in person where we would have had artists. The biennial is a juried exhibition. We put out a call to artists, and they submit work, and um, we have a jury. We had three jurors to select work. But normally, we'd have artists coming from all over the Southeast to deliver their work, install their work, be at the opening, deliver artist talks and workshops. And we just couldn't do that this year. And so our director and curator, Dana Marie Limmer, did not want to cancel the exhibition or postpone it. We, we did postpone one exhibition that we had planned for this year until next year, but she didn't want to do that with this one. And so we decided to take it virtual. So this will be our first virtual exhibition ever. It will launch Thursday, July 16th, the website wiregrassbiennial.com. If you go there now, there's just a landing page. But if you visit it Thursday, uh, July 16th, you'll be able to view the work from 39 artists from 11 different states, many disciplines. As with any of our biennials, this biennial is always one of the most innovative and groundbreaking exhibitions that we put on every two years, the, the work that is submitted. That, that is innovative and groundbreaking and boundary pushing. It's always so cool. And so many different disciplines, sculpture, painting, installation, multimedia, mixed media, book arts, printmaking, it's just everything. It's such a wide variety, just really honestly something to draw everyone's attention and interest. And so we're hoping that this will be a new way to experience the biennial. I know there was to have been uh, some performance art as well this year, but of course that cannot happen in person, but when you visit the B20 exhibition page, you'll be able to read in detail about each artist, explore their work digitally, of course. Many of the artists have submitted additional content towards their studios, their process, and making the work that is in the exhibition. And then we'll also have a very extensive schedule of exhibition-related programming. Many of the artists will be doing social media takeovers, virtual artist talks, artist conversations, and they'll be interacting with another event that we're having later in the year as well, which we can talk about in a minute. And so we're really, we're very excited about this new phase of the biennial of B20 Wiregrass Biennial. And thanks to a grant from the Alabama State Council on the Arts, we, w- we were able to waive the submission fee for this oh, cool. uh, biennial which really opened it up to a larger audience. And what it has resulted in is one of the most diverse and interesting bodies of work that we get to present to everyone, to a very wide audience, not just the Wiregrass, but, but every, anyone who can access this website. And that's really what we want. We want one of the cool things about the Biennial. It's open to artists across the Southeast. And so through their work, 
these artists are telling their personal stories and their views through their work presented to our community and to everyone. And so just to have so many diverse and interesting voices this year has just it's just, it's very exciting. We can't wait. And we have several awards, as always, a judge's award that will be chosen by Jackie Clay, who's the executive director of the Coleman Center for the Art here in Alabama. And we always have a People's Choice Award, so people will be able to vote online for their favorite work. And it's particularly helpful for artists. It's a $1,000 prize, uh, the judge's award, the People's Choice Award. We're also going to have two second place People's Choice Awards, and artists use this money for their studio practice. So it's a direct investment back into their practice, into their work. And so that's very exciting for us to be able to offer that to the artists. And then this year, we also have an Alabama award that will go to an Alabama artist in the exhibition. And that will be chosen by the judge as well. We can't wait for it to open and see how it goes. And I think this will be a model for us going forward, even though we will have in-gallery visits and traditional air quotes exhibitions <laughs> where you can come in and actually see the artwork. We're, we're reimagining ways that we can use all of this technology that we haven't really fully realized and the power that we all have. And also recognizing that not everyone has access to that digital media and so finding new ways to help people access our content in that way as well. So you're going to have the virtual event House Party for Art, which is replacing Yard Party for Art. So tell us a little bit about that. People uh, hopefully are familiar with our event Yard Party for Art. And if you're not, it's an event that we hold out in our garden every August. It's a way for the museum to celebrate musicians and artists and our community and to bring them all together in the yard. Uh, for a big party. We are not doing that this year in the interest of the safety and well-being of of everyone, of course, avoiding large gatherings and crowds. We've decided to take the party online this year, and we have renamed it House Party for Art, and it's going to take place August 13th through 15th. So this is a cool thing. Yard Party for Art is normally just one evening, a music and art celebration. And so now you get three days of music, art, and tech sort of virtual experiences. So we're going to have four to five musical acts. We haven't released our lineup yet, but that's going to be very soon. So I'll just say that there are four to five really cool musical acts. A number of the B20 artists are going to be participating as well and doing special events during House Party for Art. And this will all be on various platforms on Instagram and Facebook. Some of it will be live. And some of it will be pre-recorded, but we'll have a schedule published so you'll have easy access to all of the links and where to go during those evenings. We're going to have some spoken word. I will say this, if you've been to our event before, there's a certain spoken word artist who is coming back. That is very exciting. We'll also have some cool tech interactions where music and technology intersect with one another. Last year, we had a virtual reality experience. And this year, we're working with a local sound artist and musicians to create an experience that is going to kind of be an after party on two of the evenings where you can interact with music through our WMA app, our digital app, uh, which I forgot to mention before with uh, Sean and Bev's exhibition, just reminding people about the app and the cool content you can access that way. I'll come back and talk about that. So House Party for Art, again, we'll still be bringing you really cool music, awesome introductions to artists and their work technology through this after party experience. And we'll also have some merchandise on demand. We'll have posters and t-shirts, I know, that you can purchase. 
the entire event will be free to view. So we want to give that to our community. But of course, we'll take donations. We hope that it will just be a really cool new experience this year since we cannot hold Yard Party for Art. So we're really excited to see how everything comes together again starting on August 13th. And look for the announcement of the schedule and full lineup coming very soon. I was so bummed because last year I missed Yard Party for Art because I was in California for a vacation. So I'm excited now that I can experience the virtual. Was it 13th through 15th? Three full days. Three actually. full days. <laughs> It'll be, yeah. Yeah, Thursday Thursday will be very art-focused, and then uh, art and music on Friday and Saturday. We've been working hard. It's a completely different experience to put together a virtual event, and we've been taking cues from other institutions, and we're really excited about what we have put together. I feel like doing things virtually is, is the future because there's so much you can do with it, and you're reaching a wider audience as well, too. Definitely, and that's the bright side of this. We're reaching an audience larger than we would ever be able to with our exhibitions, with things like House Party for Art, our virtual artist talks. We've already hosted one this quarter. So we're excited about the possibilities. So with the pandemic on a lot of people's minds are being safe. So what are the general safety policies you have in place at WMA now that you have reopened? So normally when you come up to the museum, you're greeted by a marquee poster telling you about an exhibition that's on display in the museum. And and now you're met with a a poster reminding you of some safety guidelines that we have at the museum. And I think they're just common sense. They're ones that you might be asked to observe in any public space right now. Obviously, if you're sick or showing any sort of symptoms of being sick, please stay home. And that's true, you know, in a pandemic or not. You don't want to come and infect someone else, but especially now with this virus that we don't know a whole lot about. So obviously, if you think you might be sick at all, please stay home Um, and please wear a mask. Our staff is required to wear a mask. We ask that visitors do the same, um, both for their safety, but to show respect to others and to protect their safety. And if you don't have a mask, just let Robin or whoever is at the front desk know we have masks to hand out. So we're happy to give you one. We have vinyl on the floor of the galleries, just reminding people to stay at least six feet away from the next museum guest. Of course, if you come in with your friends or family, You can be close to one another, but stay away from other parties in the museum. We've limited the number of people who can be in the museum at any time. So each gallery has a lower person capacity than it it used to. So limited numbers in the museum. We're trying to minimize touching. There's not a whole lot of touching that goes on in the museum anyway. Of course, we ask that people not touch the art or the walls and that's common sense. We have in the past have a lot had a lot of things to hand out to visitors like our newsletter, exhibition postcards, information about classes and workshops. We've had scavenger hunts for kids and families to do. And so we've really eliminated all of that. And what we're replacing it with is we're asking people to use our museum app, our WMA museum app, which you can download for iOS and Android. The app has all the information about the museum, about current exhibitions with additional content as well. So when you're in the galleries, you can hear the artists talking about their work. I mentioned Sean Crutchfield earlier. You can hear Sean talking about his process and taking photographs. There's special in-gallery content with the Beverly West Leach exhibition, Telling on Myself. And as you approach 
certain pieces of hers in the gallery. Special in-gallery content will pop up on your phone through Beacon Technology, and you can hear Bev talking about her work. Just people using their own personal devices to get a lot of information that we might have provided through a handout anyway. And this is something that we were moving towards anyway, delivering content to our visitors through an app, just because of all of the cool possibilities that we have to deliver interesting additional content to people to let them know more about the artist and the work that they're seeing in person. And one of the last things we're doing is handing out activity books for kids and families that they take with them. They don't leave at the museum. And there are activities to do while you're in the galleries, sketching pages, but then also things to do once you get home, ways for families to continue the conversation. There are conversation prompts and again, things continue talking about what your experience was at the museum. So those are just some of the safety features that we've implemented at WMA. And again, all with the health and well-being of our staff and our guests in mind. We want to keep the museum open and uh, we really appreciate everyone complying with our safety measures. Of course, washing hands. There are hand sanitizer stations throughout the museum and just reminding people to practice safe hygiene, wear a mask, stay six feet apart, and be kind to your fellow museum goers. And wash your hands. And wash your hands. Wash (laughs) your hands before you come. Wash them after you leave. You know, you will have to touch the door handle going in and out. Um, So always a good, uh, I think we've all washed our hands more than we ever imagined. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. I always thought I was, I always thought I was a frequent hand washer. And then this (laughs) pandemic started and I've taken it to a whole new level. (laughs) Me too. I wash my hands literally after every single thing. My hands are so dry. (laughs) Yes. The lotion makers of the world are rejoicing, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) What can you tell us about some of the outreach you've done this summer so far? Yes. So this started really when the museum had to shut down back in March. Many people out there listening uh, might know that Dothan City Schools have A-plus art schools, and and the students from these A-plus art schools have been coming to the museum for weekly tours and activities in our studio. And so we wanted to continue um, our relationship with Dothan City Schools. We've always had a very close relationship with them. Even before they had these A-plus art schools, our galleries and studio were filled with students through our Bus on Us program, which again was continuing this year until the the shutdown. Very quickly, our education team mobilized to create um, packets, uh, art kit packets um, that had activities, high quality art supplies that could be sent home with students. And so we handed out several thousand art kits through Dothan City Schools during the shutdown in April and May, and then continued to hand out kit through the child nutrition program. And that continues today through their mobile child nutrition program. Um, kids get um, their lunch and a an art kit. So we're very proud of the work that we've done there. This summer, we also had outreach programs planned with a number of community partners. We've worked with the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Wiregrass, the Hawk Houston uh, Youth Enrichment Center, the Dothan Housing Authority, and now we've added Aunt Katie's Garden, and I believe the Boys and Girls Clubs in uh, Ozark, several that we had outreach programs planned with, and we couldn't do that in person. So again, our education department has created an amazing set of activities with video instruction. Again, high quality art supplies for the kids to do these activities remotely. 
so we are really happy that we were able to find a way to still work with these wonderful organizations and get these activities and supplies to kids and their outreach programs this summer, keeping everyone as safe as possible. So I think uh, we were talking in a staff meeting the other day. We've handed out over 4,000 art kits. Wow, that's awesome. Um, since March. It is really awesome, and it has taken a lot of manpower. There's been a lot of packing and sorting and creative use of resources, and so we're, we're very happy to have been able to serve our community in that way. Again, during this time, thinking of ways for us to reach out to the community when they can't come in to see us, and so we were thrilled to be able to do outreach in this way, in this modified way. I'm sure the students love it too, because I'm sure they've been bored for the past four months. So this actually gives them something to do and something that they enjoy to do. I think so. And I think a lot of parents uh, who were not expecting the kit were really surprised and happy to have something to do, you know, some art instruction, have those supplies, especially for kids who wouldn't have access to them otherwise. And that's something that we're very proud of. And that's all the questions I have. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Just to remind everyone to stay connected with us, stay connected on our social media channels. We've been having regular artist takeovers on Thursdays. So please tune in, especially on Thursdays, to our Instagram account and check out our artist takeovers. Many of them are archived. And just stay connected with us through our website. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and contact us. Send us an email if there's something you want to see from us. Let us know. Again, look for B20 to launch on July 16th and look for announcements for House Party for Art. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again, Bethany. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Wiregrass, brought to you by The Radio People.